Welcome to Little Man Big Mouth Podcast with me, Jonah. I'm a kid who loves sports. I can talk about sports every day, all day. Think you can handle that? Then stick around for today's show. My guest today is Mike Motto, a former defenseman who played in the NHL for 14 years. First, let's check out what is happening this week in the sports world. Our first news story, the Milwaukee Bucks players boycotted their game in response to the Jacob Blake shooting. Many other teams from the NBA, baseball, WNBA, and the MLS joined the Bucks and boycotted their games too. While some feared the NBA season may be done, the players and owners agreed to come back. They pledged to do more work to address the problem of racial injustice. Next in the news... Golf, everyone's favorite sport for social distancing, entered the FedEx Cup playoffs. While Tiger appears to be out of the running, the other players are fighting to earn the top honor and $10 million prize. I have a good feeling about Justin Johnson after he crushed everyone in the first leg, going 30 under. In happy news, Alex Smith is back to practicing with the Washington football team. It is amazing to see him on the field again. The last time Smith played, he suffered a leg injury so severe that he almost lost his leg. Now, a couple of years later, he is back on the field trying to play. Let's just hope that the comeback continues. Strange news alert, residents of Sioux Falls, South Dakota, were excited to discover a cornstalk going up through a crack in the pavement at a busy intersection. Dubbed the 57th Street Corn, the stalk had its own Twitter account and was hailed as a symbol of resilience and hope in hard times. The mayor of Sioux Falls called it amazing, but on August 19th, neighbors found the plant had been ripped from the ground overnight prompting sorrow on social media, and a flower memorial. I didn't want to see your story end like that, said one resident. Together with his children, they rescued the cornstalk, renamed it Cornelia, and are nursing it back to health. They hope to find a permanent home for Cornelia, now a local celebrity. Our next segment is Unscripted. Some shows have a mystery cake or a fancy producer to give them content. Me, I have a lucky Patriots hat. I am going to draw out some news and opinions from the week and give you my unscripted reaction. These are not just hot takes. They are in fuego. Question number one. If the Big Ten and Pac-12 don't play, can a team call itself the college football champions? No, they will not be considered national champions in my record book because not all the teams will be on the field this year. Our next question. Round one of the NBA playoffs are almost over. Right now, which team looks like they will win it all? For right now, the Toronto Raptors look amazing as they swept the Nets. But we have to wait for next round when the good teams play against the good teams to see who comes out on top. Question number three. 
Who would you take first in fantasy football? Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, or Saquon Barkley? I would pick Christian McCaffrey because he's a receiving threat and a running threat. And last but not least, question number four. Which would you rather have, a hole-in-one or see a no-hitter in person? I would rather hit a hole-in-one because a no-hitter will take forever. You have to wait for nine innings to go by. That takes hours. And plus, it would not be a good game because the other team would have zero because the no-hitter. It would not be a good game. Now it's time for Perfect 10, Sports Trivia with an Attitude. We have two contestants who will go head-to-head, 10 questions with a special tiebreaker in case of emergency. Each contestant will shout out their name as a way to buzz in. They are playing for prize, not prize. But if one of them manages the ultimate feat and get a perfect 10, all 10 answers right, they win the prize of a lifetime. Now let's meet our contestants. In this corner, we have Gavin. And in this corner, we have Zach. How are you guys doing today? Good. How are you? Good. So, Zach, Gavin, are you ready to rumble? Yes. Yes. Good. Time for our first question. Name the four strokes in swimming. Zach. Gavin. Gavin. uh, Zach. Butterfly, freestyle. Yes. Backs. Yes. And breast. That is correct. Zach, you are in the lead. One zip. Our next question. What professional sport did did Muhammad Ali compete in? Gavin. 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 Boxing. That is correct. One, one. Gavin and Zach are tied. Sorry, Zach, you cannot get a perfect 10. Question number three. How many football players are on the field at a time? Gavin. Zach. Gavin. 11. No. No. Oh, no. Zach. Zach. 22. That is correct. Zach is in the lead. 2-1. Question four. How many times can each team touch a volleyball on their side of the net? Gavin. Zach. Gavin. Three? Yes, that is correct. It's tied again. Two, two apiece. Question five. In pickleball, where can your serve not land? Zach. 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 The kitchen. That is correct. Three, two. Zach is winning. Question number six. How many regular season games are being played in baseball this Zach. year? Zach. 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 60. That is correct. Zach went up 4-2. Question seven. What club do you use to hit off the tee box in golf? Zach. Zach. Driver. That is correct. He went up 5-2. Gavin, you need to get all these questions right to have a chance to tie Zach. Question eight. What was Deion Sanders' nickname? Zach. Zach. Uh, Prime time. That is correct. You have one perfect 10 this week. Gavin, good try. You almost had it there. Thank you. Zach and Zach, 
I will see you next time on Perfect 10. Thank you. Think you can beat the champ? Then email me at littlemanbigmouthshow at gmail.com to see if you can beat the champ. Our next segment is Stick by Your Picks. For those new to the show, Gabriel and I dissect the NFL schedule one week at a time. We pick out one to five games each week. These are ironclad picks. That's right. We are very confident. We will not change our minds or our picks, no matter what happens between now and the game. Our lawyers have asked us to let you know that you should not put your house on our picks. This is for entertainment purposes only. We are now up to week 12. Announcer, tell us the first game. It's Thanksgiving week, so we have bonus games. Our first game, the Texans are at the Lions. Lions are favored by one. I think the Texans will win this one because the Lions will still be falling apart against Deshaun Watson. The, the Lions will win this one with a healthy Matt Stafford. J.J. Watt can't do anything. Ananta, tell us the next game. The Washington football team goes to visit the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. The Cowboys are 11-point favorites. I think the Cowboys will crush the Washington football team because they are a weak and terrible team. I would definitely agree with you. The Washington football team has no chance against Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. Thank you. Announcer, what is the next game? The Steelers host the Ravens in a pick'em game. I think the Ravens will run all over the Steelers. Steelers defense with Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, and Mark Ingram. I totally disagree with you. I think Big Ben will beat Lamar Jackson on this late Thursday night game as they don't have Earl Thomas in their defense anymore. Announcer, what is the next game? The Patriots host the Cardinals and are five and a half point favorites. Cam Newton and Julian Edelman will be in sync for this one and the Cardinals defense won't know what hit them. I totally disagree with you. A young Kyler Murray will beat a veteran Cam Newton and Julian Edelman as Cam Newton can't do everything that he used to be able to do. Announcer, what is the next game? The Green Bay Packers host the Chicago Bears. The Packers are four and a half point favorites. Well, of course Aaron Rodgers will destroy the Bears' D. I think Nick Foles and the Bears will win this one as Aaron Rodgers won't be able to do anything against Khalil Mack. Announcer, what is the next game? The Seahawks are at the Eagles. Eagles favored by two. I think the Seahawks will win this bird fight as Mr. Unlimited will run all over the Eagles defense. I agree with you. The Seahawks will win. Jamal Adams will not let Carson Wentz get a throw off. Announcer, what is the last game? The New Orleans Saints travel to the Mile High City to play the Broncos. The Broncos are three and a half point underdogs. The Saints will crush the Broncos no matter what happens. I think the Saints will win, but I don't think they're going to crush them. Drew Lock and Loaded will put up a fight, but Drew Brees and Michael Thomas will take them down in the fourth. 
And that does it for Stick By Your Picks. Next, Gabe is going to tell us about this week's Heroes and Zeros. Thank you, Jonah. This is Heroes and Zeros, where we look at the best and the worst of the sports world. Our zero of the week is former cornerback for the Seattle Seahawks, Kima Sivrand. He earned zero status for trying to sneak a woman into the Seahawks hotel. He knew this was not allowed, first because it was it is training camp, and second because of COVID rules, which are even more strict. Sivrand had the woman put on Seattle Seahawks here so that she would appear to be one of the players. It didn't work, and he was caught and kicked off the team. This was a selfish idea and one that could have endangered his teammates if it resulted spreading COVID-19. Definitely a zero move. On a happier side, the NBA is helping make COVID tests cheaper and faster. When the bubble began, the NBA started to look for cheaper and faster ways to test for COVID-19. Working with a medical team from Yale University, they helped to sponsor a saliva test that is now going to be widely available. The test costs less and is very quick. Congrats to Adam Silver and the National Basketball Association on their hero status for the week. That's all heroes and zeros. Now back to you, Jonah. My guest today is Mike Motto, a former defenseman who played in the NHL for 14 years. How are you doing today? Doing great, Jonah. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. So how did you get into hockey? So I grew up in the Boston area. I, uh, I'm the youngest of four. I have a mm. brother and two sisters. And um, my older brother is five years older, and I just I kind of took to uh, hockey just by mm. watching him. It was a uh, you know, typical younger brother type scenario. And we, uh, we played street hockey. He used to put me in net. He used to fire – um, street hockey balls at me and then <laughs> I, uh, I got going so he was a great idol to look up to a role model and uh, I really did model my game after him. So besides hockey what other sports did you enjoy as a kid? I love baseball. Oh. Um, baseball it's it's right there with hockey to be honest with you I love watching and I love I loved playing it uh, my son plays it I love just sitting out in the outfield and watching uh him play a, a cool little fun fact is that my grandfather actually pitched batting practice to Babe Ruth. Really? Yeah. So he was in a, uh, it was called the Blackstone Valley league. He was a pitcher and they didn't have batting practice pitchers back then. So they would just yeah. grab some guys and bring them up. So baseball's in the blood and, you know, <laughs> again, uh, diehard Red Sox fan. Yeah. Go Red Sox. So why did you choose hockey over baseball? Well, I was a little bit uh, better at hockey. Um, and then being in the Northeast, you don't, you know, it's very seasonal uh, with the baseball. So, yeah. you know, you see different, you know, areas in the country being able to play year round. And um, also back then it was good to, to kind of put the skates away, uh, play baseball and then put the baseball away, play hockey. Um, so it was, it was kind of just an organic thing that, uh, made my decision, but ultimately uh, we were a hockey family with my brother playing and uh, enjoying Bruins games and kind of just uh, yeah. kind of came from there. Did you have a favorite player when you were young? 
So I did model my game after my brother, like I said, but also Ray Bork was a, a big influence on, on watching him. I would I just watch every game and kind of critique his game and try to apply things that he was doing on the ice to uh, my game. And, and then after that, Brian Leach, who played for the New York Rangers, and I was fortunate enough to play with him early in my career. Wow. So you played with your idol. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. And I get to play with Ray Borg in the Bruins alumni uh, hmm. game, which is uh, pretty cool as well. So you played college hockey for Boston College and received the Hobie Baker Award, the, the Hockey Heisman. What did that feel like? Well, I was really a product of the team. We had great teammates, uh, great players. So Brian Gianta played a long time in the NHL. Uh, roommate of mine, Jeff Farkas, was an exceptional player. Blake Belfay, Kevin Caulfield. We had some really good players that um, came through and were my teammates at BC. So, um, you know, it's an individual award, and you don't really set out to win those. You want to win national championships <laughs> and um, – you know, so it was really, it was really cool. It was a humbling experience. We had just beat St. Lawrence in the semifinals of the national oh, tournament. Wow. And uh, coach came in and uh, told everyone that I had won it. And it was, it was pretty cool. I was able to go out and tell my parents uh, that I had won it. And, but they were su so, super happy for me, my teammates, my, my family. And um, one of the things about it, uh, Jonah, is even though it's an individual award, they've done a great job at, um, really promoting the, the motto of it, which is excellence builds character. Yeah. And, uh, or I'm sorry, excuse me, character builds excellence. Uh, we, you know, at first I was a little shy or, uh, you know, hesitant to, to promote, you know, winning it. And yeah. but now the message behind it is, is really important. It's not just being the best hockey player. It's being a good person, being a good student, being a good teammate. And um, those are all qualities that go outside of sports. So I uh, bring it around to schools and different hockey camps and I'm more open to kind of promote that I have won it because uh, they're doing a good job at, at, at um, promoting that message. Yeah. So do most professional players play college hockey? Um, you know, you see more and more college hockey players playing the NHL. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's still a lot of Canadians and there's some Europeans that uh, that come over, but uh, yeah, there's the uptick in college hockey players playing in the league is I don't know the stats offhand, but I know the organization that valued college players because they're a little bit older, a little bit stronger, maybe a little bit more mature, but uh, ultimately uh, it was the path that I took, and you know, there's there's no really wrong path, but yeah. I, uh, I recommend getting a good education so that you, you can be uh, well-rounded outside of uh, sport. So when you were in college, was it hard balancing hockey and your schoolwork? That's a good question. Yeah, you know what? We took five classes and had to be, um, you know, at the rank at uh, 2.30 every day. Oh. So we had to take early classes. Uh, and it's really about time management. So you have to kind of manage your time, manage your energy, uh, make sure you get your work done. And um, yeah, it was, it was a full-time job, let's just say, having uh, being a Division One college athlete as well as carrying the full workload in the classroom. Can you take me through the NHL draft process? Sure. Yeah, I, was, um, I wasn't a real big prospect, per se. Uh, 
I got drafted in 1997. I was my freshman year after my freshman year at BC. So in hockey, you have four years to that a team can retain your rights. So you can still continue to play, whether it be junior or college. So it's a little different than other sports, but so I drove out to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania with my girlfriend, uh, my wife now, and we wanted to cheer on our, those teammates that I referenced earlier who were going to be drafted. So we went out and, um, we're sitting up top and they did it all in one day at that time. It was a hot day, uh, inside the igloo, uh, the, the rink, mm-hmm. that old rink that the penguins played at. And in the seventh round, um, I was talking to my buddy and they, they said, uh, you know, motto. I, I heard motto. I was like, Oh, I guess I think I just got drafted. So they actually called my brother's name, Rob mm-hmm. motto. <laughs> so I went down and they wouldn't let me on the floor. Uh, they were like, yeah, Rob's going to be up there somewhere. So they made a mistake, but at that time, you know, it was late in the day. They were like, all right, whatever, we'll just push it through. So we got drafted by the New York Rangers, and um, it was a, a really cool experience to, uh, to, to be able to get drafted, And even though it was my brother's name. <laughs> what was it like to play your first professional hockey game in the NHL? So there's a thing called lace bite. It's uh, it's an irritation on your like ankle. There's like a tendon down there that, uh, you know, it, it's like a debilitating feeling, like when your foot yeah. is in the uh, skate. And I had never had it, and I think I was just so excited. We were in Philadelphia. I got called up from the minors, which was in Hartford, and I was so excited. I I, I tightened my skate so tight that uh, I had lace bite. <laughs> And uh, it was just a, you know, you have goosebumps and it's just a dream come true, to be honest with you. You know, you work all those uh, hours in the driveway and youth hockey and high school, college, and you you get to that point and you have to kind of slow down and take a look around and almost pinch yourself because it is a dream that that came through for me. So you play for many, many different teams, like the Bruins, the Flames, the Islanders, the Rangers, and the Panthers. What teams did you like playing for the best? Well, I had the most success when I was in New Jersey. I was a top four defenseman playing about 20 minutes plus a night and uh, a big part of that back end on the, on the D end. Um, and we had really good teams and, you know, I was just, uh, you know, I, I didn't have to do too much. I could just duplicate what I was good at and, and just kind of be a, a spoke in the wheel of the team. And, um, you know, so that I would say that was probably the most, you know, exciting because I, I had you know three years there of of quality, um, quality time, and you know met some great people outside of the rink. But uh, again, a dream come true getting traded to the Bruins and putting that Bruins sweater on and being part of the uh, the community and the Bruins organization. Uh, that was that was a really big thrill for me. You know, my parents and friends could come to the games and. It was, uh, that, that was, so like they're, they're, I would say, you know, equally as, as, uh, as rewarding, but I had a longer time in New Jersey and, and that was uh, kind of like the height of my NHL career. Since you were born in Boston, were you a big Bruins fan? Absolutely. Yeah. So I, uh, a, a funny story. I got my first shift on with the Bruins. I, I hop over the bench and it was a quick offside and yeah. I went went down the bench like I scored a goal like fist pounding the guys and the coach was like 
hey, Mots, what, what the heck are you doing? And I was like, I get you know, one shift uh, counts as one game. And I was like, one shift, one game. I get to play in the Bruins alumni golf tournament. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and he was like, get on the bench. <laughs> but yeah, growing up a Bruins fan, being from the area and then playing for him was, was great. It was a lot of fun. How did you feel when your hometown team did sign you? So that was, uh, like I said, I was in Long Island. I got the call. It was a trade deadline. And um, my coach was like, hey, uh, Mike, we, we just traded you to – and the call dropped. So I didn't know exactly where I was going. So he called back, and he's like, to Boston. And I was like, oh, that's – because they were really good. You know, it was like similar to New Jersey. They had won the Stanley Cup the year before. They had great depth, good goaltending. And um, and I called my wife and, and told her, and she was super excited because we have a house here in the Boston area. And she packed up the kids and pretty much beat me back to Boston. <laughs> 14 years is a long time to play professional hockey. Looking back, what is your favorite memory from your playing days? You know what? The... The thing that I miss most is the uh, the locker room and the camaraderie with the with my teammates. Really? Yes, it's like uh, something that you know. Once you stop playing, it gets ripped away from you. You know, it's like that every day going. You know, so we can call it the office. You know, you go to the office and you have a routine and and you just meet so many great people and you're all in you know the room and pulling in the same direction, trying to win a championship together. So. Over the course of 14 years, it was, you know, I would say that was the biggest thing that I miss. Um, but again, you know, it was a good job to have for a while. Um, but, you know, the, the competition, you know, the practice time, and then obviously the games were fantastic. Um, of course. Yeah. So who were some of the best players you played against? So there's a lot out there uh, early on. Um, I played against Mario Lemieux and Yarmir Yaga when they were with Pittsburgh. And um, I got a, a tough highlight. I guess it was a low light, but uh, Yarmir Yaga beat me one-on-one -on -one with one of the nicest moves. <laughs> <laughs> so I was a rookie and uh, was on ESPN and all my <laughs> buddies were giving me a hard time. But, uh, you know, at least it was Yaga and it wasn't some fourth line grinder, you know, that that kind of made me look silly, but um, yeah. And then as, you know, te um, teammates and uh, you know, like guys move around a little bit. Uh, a guy like Zach Parisi was, was great um, to play with and against, but um, one of the, the guys that I would say was Ilya Kovalchuk. He's, he's still playing today. He, he, um, they just got bounced out from Washington, but um, he's just like a exceptional talent. And he's six, three, 230 pounds and has a ton of skill. Wow. Yeah. So he, like, those are the guys that you, you kind of look to like, so physically, they're so physically gifted and they do a lot with it. How have you stayed involved in hockey after your playing career? So I have, uh, I have four kids. So I have a, a, a boy and three girls and three out of the four play. So I coach um, my son and I help out with my daughters um, and I also scout part-time with the Chicago Blackhawks. So that gives me uh, a reason to get to the rinks and watch some hockey and be a part of a great organization. Um, I also do some uh, 
some clinics, some skill sessions that uh, I'm doing just D specific right now. So it's kind of a value add for, for defensemen that, um, you know, situational tendencies and things that you can apply to a game. And then we, we created this online resource called the six line. Mm. So it's a membership based program where we do some instruction and we have some interaction. We have guest zooms um, for the members and, it's uh, it's it's been great, yeah. So that that's been really good because I really do like helping um, up and coming players develop at whatever stages they're at, and gives us a great opportunity to not only help people in the area but also um, in other areas of the country. So, can you answer the age-old question? Is it harder to score a goal or play goalie? Well, goalies are a little different to begin with to, to stand in front of that, that hard puck coming at them like 100 miles an hour. But, <laughs> and they're getting better and better, uh, bigger and more athletic. Um, that's a good question. I put the pads on um, a few times. I think it's tough to, to stop the puck. You know, that's my personal opinion. Uh, I wasn't much of a goal scorer. I was more of a passer. But – um, you know, there's some, uh, some guys that can really shoot it out there and put it where they want. And the goaltending position, uh, it, it, it's a little more difficult than it looks. Uh, let's just put it that way when you get in there. <laughs> so I got a few more questions. What sport would you play if you could pick any one besides hockey? You know, my buddy just asked me this uh, a couple weeks ago. So we were talking about it. Like I said, I really do love baseball, but um, I think I would pick golf. Cause you, can, you can play it until you're old and, and, yeah. and, and still make some money. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I do like the team aspect of hockey and baseball and the team sports, but ultimately uh, I, I really do enjoy golf. Yeah, I do too. Thank you, Mike. I really appreciate you being my guest today. As a part of every interview, I ask my guests to get a short, rapid-fire quiz. I will give you two options. You choose the, the one that you like best. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Marvel or DC? DC. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Being inside or outside? Outside. Car or motorcycle? Uh, car. Chair or couch? Couch. Football or football? Football. <laughs> <laughs> Pool or beach? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, beach. Netflix or Amazon Prime? Netflix. Hot dog or hamburger? Hamburger. Good job. <laughs> Did I get a prize? No. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, my listeners really want to know, what is your highest score in bowling? My highest score? That is, it was 210. Wow. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's been fun talking with you. Well, great uh, being on your podcast. Best of luck moving forward, and uh, can't wait to listen to future episodes. 
Thank you, Mike, for the amazing interview. What would Sports Talk be without Liz? Buckus. So here is my list of the day. In honor of my guest, Mike Motto, he was top five hockey mascots. Number five, S.J. Sharkey from the San Jose Sharks. Number four, Stanley C. Panther from the Florida Panthers. Number three, Sparky the Dragon from the New York Islanders. Number two, Yuppie from the Montreal Canadiens. And number one, the heaviest of them all, Gritty from the Philadelphia Flyers. All right. Thanks for joining me for this edition of Little Man Big Mouth Podcast. Check out our next episode when it drops. Until then, see ya! You can find the Little Man Big Mouth Podcast on your favorite podcast service. Listen, subscribe, and review to let others know how much you love the show. You can also follow us on Instagram, Little Man Big Mouth Show. This has been a Hefeweizen podcast production.